0: Hi, this is Rick Goldschmidt. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Merry Christmas.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you so much for stopping by once again for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 392 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Rick Goldschmidt, who is the historian for Rankin-Bass, Creators of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and so many other classic specials from the TV, uh, holiday seasons, uh, all kinds of different things they did. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Rick Goldsmith coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're going to be sticking around. And uh, let's see, Christmas is almost here, we've got a lot of things going on, so it's going to be... Uh, I should be coming out with my episodes just uh, like normal, but uh, we'll see what happens. It depends on how busy things get. But uh, we do have a guest this week. We have one next week coming up, and we got a whole lot more coming for the 2016 season. So I hope you're going to be sticking around here at On Screen and Beyond. Be sure to tell your friends about it, and we appreciate that. And I've been looking at all the people all over the world who are listening to On Screen and Beyond, getting your emails, really appreciate those. A lot of people emailing me and wishing me a Merry Christmas and everything and a Happy New Year. And the uh, same goes out to you, and I'm uh, glad that everyone is listening. And like I said, tell a friend, spread the word, let everybody know about On Screen and Beyond. Go to On Screen and onscreenandbeyond.com, look at our rerun section where we have all the episodes we have ever done in the past, what is it, seven, eight, nine years, nine years here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, you'll hear... The people tell their own stories, and uh, it's, it's just so much fun to hear them talk about the, the different movies and TV shows and music that they've done. So be sure to check it out. And uh, what are you saying? It's time to get into Remake Madness. Let's find out what's coming our way as far as remakes right here on On Screen and Beyond.
2: Please hang up and try again.
1: Remake Madness. Well, it looks like Doug Jones, who was in Falling Skies and Hellboy and all those different movies and TV shows, is going to be starring in a remake of nosferatu all right now that's a retelling of the story of the vampire dracula story from 1922 the original movie was made and uh it's uh, it's it's kind of neat that what they're going to be doing is they're going to be taking the original sets on digital on film and they're going to take out the characters that were originally in it and they're putting in new characters new people into the film. So it's going to be digitally done, and uh, it's it's just an interesting process how they're going to be doing that. And of course, that's a one really scary movie, so you're going to see the original sets that were made for that with new live people. So uh, be sure to check that out when it comes out. We'll let you know when that's going to be. And let's see, a gritty take on Robin Hood. The Robin Hood story is in pre-production, and uh, we'll keep you informed on that. And Samuel L. Jackson will star in the remake of The Blob. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, Disney and Steven Spielberg will join forces in what looks to be a big summer movie of 2016, the BFG. And it stands for The Big Friendly Giant. It's based on the book, and they're bringing it to the big screen. And it looks like Nice Guy Phil is a biopic based on the life of comedian Phil Hartman. Jason Priestley is going to be directing that one. And Will Smith and Helen Mirren will be starring in Collateral Beauty as a tragic event sends a New York ad man into a downward spiral. And the release is looking like it's going to be 2016 on that one. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen or Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequel City: The final Hunger Games film arrives, and that's the end of it, right? Wrong. The studio heads say it would live on with potential prequels and further sequels. They don't want to miss out on that ching, you know. <laughs> and Kate Blanchett is in talks to play the lead female role in Thor: Ragnarok, and that's coming our way on November third, two thousand seventeen. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to be on. TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, Death Valley Days, the complete first season collector's edition will be riding into stores and on DVD on March 29th. Downton Abbey Season 6 will arrive in stores on Blu-ray and DVD on January 26th. And the final season of The Nanny in a three-disc set, will hit stores on March 15th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on Screen to Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD on January 12th. The Last Witch Hunter comes to Digital HD and to Blu-ray and DVD on February 2nd. February 16th, Black Mass. With Johnny Depp arrives on Blu-ray and DVD. And on January 26th, Goosebumps with Jack Black lands in stores. And that's it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen Be Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. (laughs) TV and Entertainment Time. Well, rumblings have been going on for quite a while now. But uh, the rumblings are coming up once again for a possible Star Wars TV show. First, it was proposed back in 2005, and it is said that Lucas has up to 100 scripts written for Star Wars Underworld, which is said to fill the gaps between movies three and four. We'll find out what happens with that. And Fox's Wayward Pines has been renewed for a second season, and ABC and Lionsgate TV will bring us a live TV version of Dirty Dancing with Abigail Breslin as Baby. That's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a
0: birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told
2: you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays, December 13th, Jamie Foxx, 48. Dick Van Dyke turns 90 and Ted Nugent, past guest here at on screen to beyond turns 67. On December 14th, it looks like Patty Duke turns 69 and D Wallace, past guest here at on screen to beyond turns 66. And on December 15th, Don Johnson turns 66 and Tim Conway turns 82. December 16th, it looks like Benjamin Bratt turns 52 and on December 17th, Bill Pullman turns 62. December 18th, Brad Pitt turns 52, and Steven Spielberg turns 69. And on December 19th, Jake Gyllenhaal turns 35, and Alyssa Milano turns 43. As far as listener birthdays, it looks like Candace R. of Dublin, Ireland, turns 39 on December 17th. And if you or a friend or a relative are having a birthday, please send me the information at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. We'll uh, get all that information, and we will celebrate it with you, with everybody else all over the world, listening to On Screen and Beyond. So just send us that information. And that's it for Celebrity Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it looks like Rick Goldsmith, the historian for Rankin Bass, who gave us all those great TV specials during the holidays, Rudolph, Frosty. Santa Claus is coming to town, and then so many others. They've got a rich history of great specials and and movies and everything else. And Rick Goldsmith, he knows it all. We're going to be talking to Rick coming up right now. Rick Goldsmith, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is the historian biographer for Rankin-Bass. Now, Rankin-Bass gave us classic specials including Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and so many others. And here to fill us in on all the -the behind-the-scenes stories of these classic TV shows, it's Rick Goldschmidt. Rick, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thanks for having me. Rick, Rankin-Bass is just synonymous with some great Christmas classics, but I and I shouldn't just say Christmas because they've done a lot of other ones too. But those are the ones that come to mind immediately, like like I said, Rudolph or Santa Claus is coming to town.
0: Right. Um, really, what happened was Arthur Rankin Jr. discovered this form of stop motion animation that he called Animagic, and he started a company in the late 50s, early 60s, called Video Craft International. Eventually, he took on a partner, Jules Bass, and they produced a couple of series um, for television. One was The New Adventures of Pinocchio, mm-hmm. which was done in Animagic, and another was a cell-animated show called Tales of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> So, Pinocchio and Wizard of Oz were safe subject matters. Um, Arthur felt that his favorite film was Pinocchio, Walt Disney's Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. So, he felt that Pinocchio would be a success and Wizard of Oz, obviously, would be a success. Uh, And they were to some degree, but not the kind of success that they were hoping for. They had to pay for the productions with loans, um, some money they borrowed from friends, and eventually um, they made a few dollars back. But then in 64, Arthur was able to convince, actually in 63, he was able to convince his neighbor in New York, Johnny Marks, who wrote the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and is the brother-in-law of Robert L. May, who wrote the book for Montgomery Ward, uh, to do a television special. And they got it on NBC's The General Electric Fantasy Hour. And what happened was General Electric liked it so much, and it was such a hit, that they actually financed um, all of the Rankin-Bass specials by starting a company called Tomorrow Entertainment, which was their entertainment division of General Electric. So when Rudolph hit it big, um, it just spiraled into so many other uh, projects. They, They landed a film deal right away with Joseph E. Levine, um, and they did three movies with him right at that same time. Wow. And then all the television specials followed. So it really was, you know, Christmas is what they're known for because Rudolph is pretty much the granddaddy of all Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. So it's the longest running, highest rated TV special of all time.
1: <laughs> now i gotta ask you a question and and maybe it's just my imagination or whatever but but since you know a lot about these shows now rudolph the red-nosed reindeer which is uh last year celebrated its 50th anniversary correct right yep now you said that ge was one of the original sponsors or companies that had something to do with it yes okay now is it just a coincidence, but the elves looked like they had light bulbs for noses? Is that, is that just my imagination? Or?
0: No, I think that was intentional. Um, actually, somebody else brought that up the other day, and that makes perfect sense that they designed. Actually, Tony Peters was the designer of Rudolph, and maybe GE did say, hey, can you make the elves? nose look like light bulb
1: yeah i've always thought that you know i I was wondering if they were doing some kind of subliminal (laughs) advertising you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe so but rankin bass also um, animated the actual commercials that appeared during rudolph which we posted on youtube Um, i wish they would do a proper blu-ray and dvd edition of the show with all extras and a documentary and all the things fans want to see Mm -hmm. i've told them this many 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 times but uh it's fallen on deaf ears so we're actually going to do a rankin bass documentary the enchanted world of rankin bass ourselves great (laughs) and we have the original ending the original end credits in color Um, it was an elf throwing packages off Santa's sleigh with the um, credits that match the beginning of the special, the credits that you see on the, the packages. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the original ending, and we found that in color, and uh, we'll make that part of our documentary.
1: Wow. <laughs> now, is this rudolph i mean like i say it's it's something that everybody watches every single year you know you, you it's not christmas until you've seen rudolph <laughs> <laughs> right right but everybody knows or everybody has a good idea i think how animation works uh, as far as the drawings because of disney and all the specials they've had about how it's done but I don't really think a lot of people realize what goes into stop motion like Rudolph. Can you just give us a a quick rundown of how that is and how painstaking that is?
0: (laughs) Well, it was an 18-month production um, that cost $500,000 to make in 1964. Yeah, for them, that's a lot. would equate to millions of dollars in today's money. Mm -hmm. And it was a very tedious process. The Animagic figures themselves cost approximately $5,000 to make. Wow. Um, I just learned through an article we put in my new book, which is the Arthur Rankin scrapbook, that the Bumble was 22 inches tall. Hmm. And on average, the puppets were about 8 to 10 inches tall. Um, some of them were smaller for different scenes, like when the Bumble's chasing them onto the iceberg and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they had to make various um, sizes and versions of of Rudolph because he grows up through the special as well. <clears throat> but the Japanese animators um, were experts, and um, Arthur Rankin described that... Um, Some of them even slept by their dolls uh, on the sets because um, those scenes would take hours and hours and hours to shoot. And uh, they were quite good at it. And it was very tedious, but he said they loved doing it. And In fact, he made a trip back to Japan before he passed away and had a big party with some of the animators uh, right around the time of the tsunami. Wow. And uh, they loved them, and they loved working on the shows. And um, Some of the puppets are on display in Bermuda, where Arthur lived, and um, we actually have one puppet on display from the first Christmas at the Louisville Slugger Bat Museum in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, with uh, part of my collection
1: there. Wow. So for every movement and everything that went on, they, they these people had to move it just a hair, and then... Yeah. I um, mean, it, it's just like doing a typical animation, only you're just moving this, the puppet, right? Correct.
0: And um, depending on the type of movement, sometimes they had to use wire. Um, they had to light the sets a certain way shoot it with a certain type of camera um there was a lot that went into it um mm-hmm. they would have to hang certain things with string in the scene they would have to create water effect with uh, cellophane um <laughs> and different materials and the actual puppets they're not claymation like gumby and pokey mm-hmm. yeah they had wire joints and uh rudolph had a functioning bulb in his nose, and um, they used different uh, cut paper china paper um, to make the eye movements and sometimes they'd use leather they used all different kinds of materials on the the actual animagic figures hmm. um, so it was a very a very precise uh, process that. Uh, it took a lot of experience to bring that to the screen, and over the, over time, they refined it um, even more so uh, in later specials. But I prefer the look of the earlier specials because it had a simpler mm-hmm. uh, yes. look that Tony Peters was behind. Yeah, uh, he designed sort of in a UPA animation style that I really
1: like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the the ones they did later on, they were still good, but they they just didn't have that feel and Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another reason um we talked about how Rudolph has been on for 51 years this year and uh, another reason I think it's lasted so long, um, you know, a Charlie Brown Christmas um has all the Peanuts characters going for it and uh, the great music. And uh, it's a good story uh, with uh, Linus giving his speech on the stage. Mm -hmm. And then you have How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which is another great story from a Dr. Seuss book, you know, with the great Chuck Jones animation. Mm -hmm. But a, a lot of the Rankin Bass specials, they took the iconic Christmas characters like Rudolph and Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman mm-hmm. and they kind of created a backstory um, for those characters because up until then you know there were Santa Clauses around on advertisement and you know figures and and all kinds of things and and same with Frosty the snowman, but they did not have the personality. That Rankin Bass brought to the characters, mm-hmm. even Rudolph. You know, the book was out, and the, the the song was recorded by a lot of different artists, and it was a big hit. But they embellished all of that and really gave life to these characters. And you know, like with uh, with Rudolph, the storybook didn't have the Island of Misfit Toys or the Bumble or Hermie the Elf that wants to be a dentist. Oh, really? It didn't have any of that. And um, they um Romeo Muller wrote all of those characters and brought all of those elements to it, and, and it really became much, much bigger than the song
1: or the storybook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what would, what would it be without the Bumbles? <laughs> I mean, Bumbles <laughs> Bounce. <laughs> yeah, and he was clever, Um
0: Romeo Muller, because he'd always reform the villains. Uh, mm-hmm. The Bumble becomes a Christmas tree yeah. decorator at the very end. Mm-hmm. And he was scary uh, up until then. And uh, it's more satisfying for, you know, especially young kids to see that kind of a story rather than have the villain killed, right. you know, which is the way. Ninety-nine percent of uh, today's entertainment goes
1: right. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, there's all that heart and warmth that he brought to the table doesn't really exist in today's entertainment, which I think is also interesting. And you would think people would copy something that's so successful, right, and and has lived on for so many years, but. I don't see anybody
1: copying that. Mm-hmm. Do you? No, no, no. Like you say, <laughs> they either kill them off or something. It's yeah, geez.
0: yeah. The violence of uh, of today, and you know that when this time of the year rolls around for me, I'm proud to be associated with Arthur Rankin and Jules Bass's body of work because it had such a quality to it that. Is is missing from a lot of things today. It was a simpler time, but they put a lot of quality into their work, and they really cared. You know, they obviously they wanted to make money, and they wanted to be successful, and they wanted to go into feature films, and they wanted to do a lot of things, but they didn't just do anything to make the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which you see a lot today. You know, right? Uh, they talk about the box office on, you know, these new movies, uh, you know, there's a Pixar movie that's not doing real well. And, and I could probably come up with a hundred re- reasons why, um, you know, the, people don't have much of a choice, so they go and see the movies and then the box office is big. That doesn't mean the movie is good, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um with rankin Bass, these shows live on, and they'll go on for many, many, many years oh, because yeah. of the quality. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. every aspect of it, the writing of the music, the composing, the voice actors, everything, they chose the right people.
1: Oh, yeah. And and you mentioned the, 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 the right people. I mean, the voices that they had. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney. Uh, Keenan Wynn, uh, and Burl Ives singing Rudolph, and Jackie Vernon. I mean, I, I could never picture anybody else's voice for Frosty. I mean, <laughs> right.
0: Uh, you know, the, the, the reason for that, um, a lot of people don't know this, is Arthur Rankin, his family came out of the entertainment business. They were in vaudeville. Uh, his father was an actor in... Um, Shirley Temple movies his grandfather was Harry Davenport who was in Gone with the Wind and Hmm. I think he was in Meet Me in St. Louis and a bunch of other movies he knew these great actors he was an admirer of James Cagney and Fred Astaire and Greer Garson and all these great great actors and actresses so when he got the opportunity to make these shows with the budget that general electric and the networks were giving him he went for the people you know the the, the direct artists that he knew would make great voices for animation mm-hmm. he didn't usually get an uh, a voice actor to impersonate an actor like he could have gotten instead of getting Boris Karloff for Mad Monster Party, mm-hmm. he could have got Alan Swift to do Boris Karloff's voice, because he did all the other monsters in the movie, ah. and he did them like, you know, he did Felix like Jimmy Stewart, he did Yetch like Peter Laurie. <laughs> you know, he <laughs> copied a lot of famous actors, but Arthur wanted to get the the actual actors And uh, he went through great lengths to get them, too, especially, he talks about James Cagney for the Ballad of Smokey the Bear. He had to go and get a letter from uh, the White House uh, to get Cagney to do it. Wow. And he did that. So he really knew, like, all these great actors. And then Jules Bass, he worked with a lot of the East Coast actors and actresses because I talked to Rhoda Mann, who did uh, Mother Nature in the Year Without a Santa Claus, and she strictly dealt with jewels. Um, and she's sort of a New York actress. Um, so he picked out some great uh, Broadway uh, actors like George S. Irving to do the Heat Miser mm-hmm. and uh, Dick Shawn to do the Snow Miser, and he worked with a lot of those people. Um, so they were a great team that brought together great cast of of actors and actresses
1: mm, yeah and looking looking at the names here we've actually had some of these people as our guests <laughs> Mickey Rooney before he passed away was on our show and uh, June Foray I've had on the show and
0: uh, yeah I became really good friends with June Foray um, I visited her in uh, in Woodland Hills um, some years ago and uh, once we started talking about Rankin bass she put me in touch with a lot of different friends she has in the business that that worked on the shows and um i've sent her a lot of things over the years and she did a lot of voicemail messages for me uh, so it really turned into a a great um a great thing i um i became friends with Art Carney um wow. he did the the uh, <laughs> leprechaun's christmas gold for
2: mm-hmm. for yeah. rank
0: and bass i became good friends with phyllis diller mm-hmm. over the years um, before she passed and um, a lot of different a lot of the actors and actresses they appreciated the uh, the work they did with rank and bass because it did bring them to a different audience um, you know and also it's lived on past
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Now, is there a reason why they went with Rudolph with the stop motion, and it was a huge hit, but then when they went to Frosty, they didn't do it in the stop motion. They did it in typical, you know, um, usual animation.
0: (laughs) I just appeared with Paul Coker Jr. in uh, Dallas uh, for a Comic-Con, and uh, we did some interviews there, too. And he didn't realize that the reason Arthur picked his style, because he designed Frosty the Snowman and Twas the Night Before Christmas and a whole bunch of other ones, he also designed Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Rudolph's Shiny New Year, mm-hmm. which were Animagic. But right. the reason Arthur picked uh, Paul Coker was, Paul Coker is famous for Mad Magazine. He he did horrifying cliches in there, and he's done. He's still doing art for them. Um, but he also did Christmas cards for Hallmark <laughs> throughout the 60s and even up until today. hmm Um, And he had a particular lettering style and a particular art style to those cards. And Arthur really liked the look of those cards and wanted to translate that into cell animation. So he had Paul design not only the entire Frosty the Snowman special, but the credit uh, lettering, and the lettering on the buildings and the signs and, and all of that. Um, so it really did come off as a Christmas card-looking special because of the Paul Coker design.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Rankin-Bass, of course, like I say, is known for these specials all the, every year because they're seen every year. But they also went off onto other things as the years went on, Like, uh, and some people may not know, but they did the Jackson 5 Cartoons, what, probably in the 70s, I think it was? Yeah. And more recently, The Thundercats?
0: Right, right. Um, Well, what happened was uh, they definitely diversified, um, and Arthur and Jules both had things they wanted to do. Um, Arthur really always wanted to be a movie director. Uh, Uh, More so than be known for his animation work, Um, he wanted to be Cecil B. DeMille. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he started doing films for ABC's Friday Night Movie. Um, He did The Last Dinosaur, The Bermuda Depths. Mm -hmm. Um, They did a feature film called Marco that has Animagic in it with Desi Arnaz Jr. and Zero Mostel. Wow. Um, they did the King Kong Escapes film. That that actually was their first feature film. Um, so that's what he wanted to do. And Jules was more of a songwriter, um, and, you know, he... He wrote the lyrics and Maury Laws wrote most of the music, which is all great stuff. Oh, yeah. But um, he got Jimmy Webb to do the soundtrack with America for The Last uh, Unicorn. (laughs) So they started branching out. and, And when they did The Hobbit, they won a Peabody and a Christopher Award. So then they did Return of the King and... And they even did uh, the last, uh, the flight of dragons, which was uh, sort of in that style, and um, eventually all of this led to Thundercats and Silverhawks and mm-hmm. and and some of those things, you know. And those were big because they tied into the toy market as well. Right?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and they're still big. They're, they're I get uh, emails and phone calls where. They want to make that into a feature film with live action, and mm-hmm. yeah. you know they—they're always trying to bring Thundercats back. Yeah, and uh, same with all the other productions. You know, there's, you know, the, the Mad Monster Party has been going through a whole bunch of different movie studios the last 20 years, where they want to make that into a live-action feature or a CGI or whatever. Um, but really, to me, because I'm a fan of all this stuff, the Magic. you can't <laughs> read. What makes Rudolph special and what makes Mad Monster Party special, I had to write, I wrote books on both of those um, films.
1: Right, yes.
0: Um <laughs> That what makes it special is the animagic. You take that out and you got nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, this year, you turn on the TV and you see AT and T commercials with you know CGI animated Rudolph characters, mm-hmm. and then you see Denny's commercials and all of that stuff. It, it kind of makes me sick because <laughs> it has no heart. Yeah, it's, it's basically whoring out the characters. Mm-hmm. It's it, not the same. It, it doesn't even look right, yeah. you know, let alone have the right feeling to it. Yeah, um, You can't replicate this stuff yeah, that yeah. way.
1: Now, you mentioned your books. I know there's a couple of them that, uh, that I was looking at, The Enchanted World of Rankin Bass, The Making of Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, the author of Rankin Jr. Scrapbook. Uh, are those still available? People can get them?
0: Well, they are. Um <laughs> currently we're sold out of three of them. Wow. <laughs> uh, but we're, we we got a reorder in and I'm hoping to to pick them up this week. Um but what's interesting is is this. Um I wrote my first book in in 97 and it was a big success. Um you know, everybody liked it and Um, It went on for years, and I sold out of several printings of it, but in 2012, we decided to do a 15th anniversary book, Mm -hmm. and we had it printed in Japan, and I asked Arthur Rankin, hey, could you finance this, (laughs) because this is going to cost a lot of money, and he's like, oh, sure, so we we went for the best cover, printing, paper, everything, you know, full mm-hmm. boat, because we knew he liked it to be the best, yeah. you know. That was a concern of his when I did my first book. And he, the cause kept growing and growing and growing, and by the time we got to the end of the the whole deal, it cost three times or four times as much as I originally told them. Wow. <laughs> uh, but we did it. We printed it the best quality possible, and it's like a four-pound coffee table hardcover book. Mm. Um, wow. And Arthur, it brought tears to his eyes, he told me.
2: Wow, And That's uh, great.
0: I was glad we did it before he passed away. He got to see it. He got to be proud of his work and when you do the kind of work he did you know for uh, so many years your relationships and your family have to suffer because there's no way you could do that big of body of work and not have that happen right. uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. um, but i met his son Todd in in uh, bermuda for what would have been his ninetieth birthday, and and he took me aside and said that, hey, my dad really thought the, the most of you, and and uh, he, he said, trust this guy, you know. And 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 Todd told me, yeah, he did. His family life was suffering because of uh, all the work his dad did, but at the end of his life, he he told his dad, you know that. We had a lot of good times and a lot of good memories cooking with Danny Kay and, mm, and doing all kinds of things that people don't normally in a lifetime get a chance to do. Right. Unfortunately, Todd passed away this past October and he was only 61. Wow. He died of a heart attack and, and we had a good friendship um, and he was very supportive too. So it's kind of sad that, uh, you know, I, I don't talk to a, a Rankin uh, during the holidays
1: right now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Sure. Uh, everybody tells me these are the toughest questions I ask. I, I don't ask tough questions, but they say this is the toughest one. So <laughs> it takes us away from everything that you do, uh, everything about Rankin and Bass and everything, but more of you yourself. Now, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Well, <laughs> if you saw my house, you would be kind of blown away by it. Um, I don't know if you've seen any pictures online, but yes, it's I like did.
1: A museum. <laughs> and and <laughs> and, I, and I can tell you and I got a lot in common. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what I do is I. Purchase and collect television shows and films
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, on Blu-ray and, and DVD and I have a, a huge collection of stuff and um, to be honest today's enter- entertainment I can't really find very much if anything that I like mm-hmm. <laughs> It's. I, I guess I'm more particular and I want things to be of quality and not sex jokes and and violence right. you know that that has no place in my I don't <laughs> I don't relax and and be entertained by by zombies blowing each other's brains out right. <laughs> um, I I like quality things so um I just go and and watch you know old television shows of the 60s and Mm -hmm. 50s and and films and and on blu-ray and dvd or whatever sometimes i can find stuff on television on like get tv showing all the the variety christmas shows right now and i think those are great (laughs) whatever happened to those
1: i know i got i got 500 channels uh, the
2: voice (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah I've got 500 channels you know and I I find myself being more on the antenna side watching yeah. you know the 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 antenna TV or the the get TV or my TV or <laughs> any of right. those you I'm- know <laughs> I'm going to get rid of Dish uh, this
0: year because I never watch it. The only thing I do is put on traditional holidays, which is their music channel. Right, yeah. With old Christmas songs while I'm packing up books. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Um, my son bought me one of those padded antennas that you stick on the window. Mm-hmm. And I get so many great channels on that television in the bedroom. Um, I find that I watch all those channels and nothing else.
1: Wow! Yeah.
0: So, that's pretty much as far as what I what I watch for entertainment is that kind of stuff. I, I can watch over and over again the Honeymooners oh, or yeah. Andy Griffith show and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I can't watch this new stuff when mm-hmm. every other joke is about sex and laugh tracks are going off and nothing's funny. Right. Yeah. I have to turn it.
1: <laughs> yeah. What about movies? What do you? What's your favorite movie of all time?
0: Oh, that's a toughie because <laughs> I like so many of them. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, On um, the Waterfront, Rebel Without a Cause, um, movies like that. Classic all movies have yeah. had impact on uh, my life. Um, you know, all the classics, uh, Citizen Kane. hmm. Uh, you know, uh, North by Northwest.
2: Yeah.
0: All the good stuff. Yeah. All the James Bond movies with Sean Connery.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the first Batman movie, the the television the series movie I love, mm-hmm. uh, Evan and Costello, Me, Frankenstein.
1: Oh, These yeah. Those are all Those the are great. things
0: that <laughs> I'll watch over and over and over again and enjoy, you know,
1: for years to come. hmm. Well, Rick, I have enjoyed talking with you, and you know, like I say, we, we're kindred spirits here because I, I am a collector too of different things. I'm sure I don't even have a a smidgen of what you have, <laughs> but uh, I always enjoy talking to somebody who who is somebody who likes to collect things and and TV and movie related. And uh, I I, I urge people to go out, and when they're available, I know some of them aren't available, but pick up your books on Rankin Bass because uh, I'm sure they'd enjoy them. They look like they're great, great books to have. And uh, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us.
0: Sure, and we we have all the books at miserbros.com. It's M-I-S-E-R-B-R-O-S. You can even order right now, and as soon as I get them in, um, I'll ship them. Um, we we ship like immediately, like the next day after we get the order. But if we don't have it, we'll ship it the next day after I pick up
1: the books. Great, and we'll also put a link so people can just uh, click on our website and it'll take them right to your site.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks a lot.
1: A big thank you going out to Rick Goldsmith for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And this is his busy time of the year because, of course, everybody wants to talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and all the other great specials that Rankin Bass has given us over the years. So thankful that he joined us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, if you get a chance, check out his books because he's got some great books with just so many pictures and everything of the Rankin Bass specials that uh, that uh, over the years have uh, just you know given so much happiness to everybody so be sure to check that out well like i said earlier we are getting into the holiday season here things are getting busy everybody's running around but just remember sit back and relax and try to take uh, takes in some of the uh, you know the good things that are going on and don't get all stressed out And maybe just sit back, and if you're exercising or something, put the headphones on, listen to On Screen and Beyond, go back into our library and listen to over 392 different people who have joined us here at On Screen and Beyond from all the great movies, great TV shows, great music, Uh, a lot of people listening to uh, KC of KC and the Sunshine Band, who was our guest last week, and I want to thank you for that. And uh, just go in, go ahead and listen to all those different things we've got here. Meat Loaf was on, Bob Barker, uh, just Taylor Lautner, just so many things. Check them out at com. Go to our rerun section, and they're all there. Or you can go to iTunes, and they're sitting there. I'm not sure if they've got them all there because we've put them all up there, but they just, I don't know, the way they do things, it sometimes doesn't work. But uh, you can always go to com and find every single one of them that's it that's a wrap for this week so until next week when we once again take you on screen and beyond i'm brian Zemrak. take care